Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. The book of Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 15. And we're going to begin uh, again, continue rather, our study. We have been talking for several Wednesday nights from the book of Proverbs. We've just been looking at practical applications and I want to say this tonight, that um, that sometimes when you're just considering the Word of God, everything that you talk about is not a reason to jump and shout. Amen. And so uh, some of what we've been discussing in these uh, series of uh, and lessons have just been practical applications of Christian living, just how to how to live for the Lord and, and how to trust Him and certain insight that certainly, in this case, Solomon is giving us. And uh, I, I say that in, to preface tonight what we're going to be discussing because there are some people that really love to praise and worship the Lord, but they're not that crazy about serving Him. They love to, to clap their hands and be involved in that aspect of it. But you see... Before long, we're going to have to turn these lights out and we're going to have to file out of that front door or these side doors and we're going to have to figure out how to live what we what we claim to be. And so on Wednesday night, uh, one of the things that we try to focus on is not just, well, certainly we have praise and worship and I want to thank our praise team tonight. And I, I was thinking this afternoon that many Wednesday nights, um, we come in here, you have no idea what one another has been through just to get here and yet they just get here put on the smile and uh, they act like they've never had a bad day or hadn't had a hadn't had a bad day today at least and so i want to thank them for always just bringing us to the very throne of the lord i appreciate that so much and so as we turn in our bibles to proverbs 12 and 15 uh this was mentioned i believe uh, sunday i i think brother jerry mentioned this but i'm not sure if it was him or or uh, brother everett but uh, one of them will either thank them or blame them later. But uh, but uh, I was where I was going anyway, but I took that as a confirmation. Book of Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. The Bible says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And if you just hold that, Proverbs 19 and 20 says, Hear counsel and receive instruction. See, there's a difference. You can hear things and not receive it. But he said, we need to hear counsel and receive instruction that thou that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. Amen. May the Lord bless you and you can be seated. For the last several weeks, we've been on a journey and we've been using the book of Proverbs as a guide on the subject of wisdom, words to live by. And tonight, I want us to consider the fact that during this journey that we call life, we are going to need advice. 
We don't have all the answers for life's perils, problems, or woes. We don't have all the answers, and so we're going to need advice along the way. Obviously, a lot of things that we need come to us by way of preaching and teaching, because it's, and I don't say that because I'm the preacher teacher, because I'm not always the one standing behind this pulpit, but the Word of God is true, and it's alive, and it's real, and it is relevant. It is relevant to the hour that we are living in now. One of the scriptures that I read just a moment ago, Proverbs 12 and 15, the Bible says, He that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And so we're going to talk about some things, some good things that can come from counsel. Obviously, there are some negative things that can come from counsel. I have personally witnessed many years ago, earlier in our ministry, my wife and I have reflected upon this particular situation many, many times throughout uh, our ministerial life, uh, we we watched uh, a situation unfold where somebody went for counsel, and the person that they turned to for counsel was very venomous and very bitter, and uh, they just imparted that bitterness and that venom into that person and into that situation, and uh, it has never ever been the same. Never been the same. And so what we're talking about here tonight, so before you fold your arms and just think, well, okay, here we are. I want you to know that we're talking about something very serious. Because if you're looking for advice, you need to find the right advice and you need to find the right source of that. There's a lot of good things that can come from counsel. Every month I meet with our department directors and uh, for our church and, and basically we're planning uh, certain things for the ministries of our church, of, of course, but... I'm often encouraged and, and truly at times amazed at the things that can be brought to the table in the multitude of minds that are just working and talking about certain things, the things that can be born in the multitude of just, um, of just brainstorming, so to speak. And this evening we're going to look at some biblical principles that will help, I think, develop the skill of taking good advice. And also we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about where we get our advice from, and then how to use that advice and what we do with it and how we apply it to our everyday lives. First of all, when you seek advice, I think that you need to be very, very selective. There's a spiritual word that we often use in the ranks of church or uh, certainly in Christendom called discernment. And I, I think everybody ought to pray for discernment. Discernment is not just something for the preachers to have or leaders to have, but we all need to have a spirit of discernment. And so we need to be very selective where you get your advice from. You've got to carefully choose the person or the, the individuals that you may go to for advice. You want to be careful uh, in that area. There's, there, there can be critical mistakes made. You want to be careful where you shop for certain things. I don't want to cross any swords with anyone tonight, but, um, you know, there, there's a certain risk involved when you're eating certain things, maybe like shellfish or things of that nature. And so, um, because there's a risk involved, I'm selective of where I purchase those things. <laughs> you can get sick eating raw oysters in a five-star restaurant. So how how much more careful you think you ought to be at a roadside stand in July? (laughs) 
I said, no thanks, I, I think I'll pass. I want to be selective about where I shop for certain things. And so I'm not trying to oversimplify the matter at all, but you can take, you just can't take advice rather from just anyone. Even though sometimes it may seem like anyone and almost at times everyone is trying to give you advice. There's one thing in particular that I think we ought to look out for when we're making decisions in our lives, and that's that that we always ought to be leery of people that are just so willing to give advice. It seems like the, the crazier the peril is in your life, the longer the line is for people that have lined up to tell you how to fix what's wrong in your life. Amen. Here's what I've figured out. I've not figured out figured it all out, that's for sure, but I've figured out a few things. I figured out this, that truly wise people will never come to you with anything unless you ask for it. People that are wise, truly wise, are not just going to impose themselves and their opinion and their thoughts and ideas. I'm talking about outside of being prompted by the Spirit of God, of course. But just in everyday wisdom, true, truly wise people are rarely going to attempt to advise you until you seek that advice from them. And so when people are beating your door down to tell you what to do, you might want to think twice. If somebody's just pulling something out of their hat, something out of their their hip pocket, and, and they're, they're trying to solve all of our problems that have taken us 50 years to get in this much trouble, and they're going to solve it in 30 seconds. <laughs> also remember that the purpose for taking advice is to grow and learn. And so we, the, the, the writer a moment ago said that we shouldn't just listen to something, but we need to receive some things. Don't just hear it on, on an intellectual level, but we need to receive it, receive it into our heart and spirit. And so we seek advice in order to help us to make right decisions. And, and uh, I, I know my audience this evening, and I know we have a mixed crowd, but I think that for the most part we can agree that most of us have lived long enough to be faced with situations that the answer wasn't readily available. You, you really didn't know what to do. And it was a very sheer mountain in your path, and you were trying to figure out exactly how to conquer that mountain. And so we need advice. We need some help from time to time. And so before you seek advice, or before I seek advice from anyone, whether it's regarding a problem in my life or regarding a decision that I have to face, I make I have to make sure that I'm choosing the right person for that particular counsel. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 and 7, it indicates that there's definitely people that you ought to stay away from. He said, go from the presence of a foolish man. When thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. Hold that scripture there for just a moment. We're back to the spirit of discernment. He said, go from a foolish man. You see, every, every fool doesn't look like a fool. Herein lies the problem. If, if, if all fools look like fools, you would know who to avoid. But every fool doesn't look like a fool. And so he said, go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him lips of knowledge. Amen. Is that all right? In other words, stay away from people who, who are just trying to run an area of their, of your life that they themselves are unable to manage in their own lives. Amen. <laughs> There's just certain people you wouldn't go to. 
and asked for certain areas of advice because they have proven not to be able to conquer those things in their own lives. And so when you need advice, seek out people that have earned some respect and, and th- th- people that have credibility, uh, especially on advice in certain areas. Proverbs 13 and 20, the Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. And so it's important to remember that going to the same person for every bit of advice and every issue that you have in your life could certainly turn out to be a bad choice as well. (laughs) Because everybody doesn't have the answer for every situation. And so you can't just go to the same person for every problem that you have in life that that in in and of itself could prove to be dangerous. And uh, someone may be the perfect person to go to and and, uh, if you're having problems in your marriage, but that same person may be the very worst problem to go to if you're having problems in your finances. And so when we're talking about just trusting in one another, we need to be very, very careful that somebody has credibility in that particular area of their life. And uh, I'm thankful for physicians that are general practitioners, and they certainly serve a tremendous role in our lives. But there are times, there are circumstances and situations where we need more than that. And so we need to go to someone who has given themselves to the study uh, in this particular case of certain fields. There have been many times that people have, have come to my wife and I uh, for advice in an area where we feel like that we have limited knowledge or limited experience. And so it's at that point that we certainly are going to pray with them and do all that we can, but we may we may try to lead them to someone else that has more experience in that particular area. For example, I know some things about the law, but I'm not an attorney. And so many times I have had to tell people, I I am not an attorney. I do not know the law in this particular matter. And you may need to consult someone that that does have knowledge. And that's not a scapegoat. I'm not trying to escape or negate responsibilities. But uh, I can't just try to off the cuff give them some legal advice and then them become a part of our prison ministry (laughs) from the other side. (laughs) So I did did what you said. And so when you feel like you're beyond that, you, you need to go to someone who actually has experience in that particular area. I, I don't feel, or, and, and I know that God uh, many times has quickened things to my heart as an answer for a situation. And again, I, I'm going to go back and say I'm not trying to negate any responsibility. I believe that there have been times that God has quickened both of us in counsel because uh, because of the role and the call that's upon our life. But that doesn't always happen. And so no one person, again, has all the answers to every difficulty of life. And so often the Lord uses circumstances of all of our lives collectively within the body to help us minister to others. And so why that's why I admonish people all of the time, don't waste your storm. What God, what you have been through, what you have weathered, someone else may need to... They need to glean from from your sorrow somewhere you've been. For example, we've had families in our church that have lost their children. And, uh, and, and so there have been many times that I have gone to those individuals and asked them, uh, maybe not to necessarily counsel somebody or talk to them. I have asked them to talk to them, but on more occasions than not, I have certainly asked them to pray for them. 
Because I said, you know how to pray about this in a way that I don't even imagine. I can't even wrap my mind around that. But you know how to pray. You will know what to say. You know what that mother is feeling. You know what that father is feeling. And so I'm, I'm calling on you. And we are now relying on that resource of experience. And so I've asked them to assist us in certain things. And so when that is appropriate, we have certainly called on them. And thankfully, they have been willing to do that. Generally, you can uh, most always find a godly person that has faced a situation that, that you're in. It may not be that drastic, but you can find someone that has been where you have been. Paul said to the church in Corinth, there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So uh, no matter how unique we may feel this experience is for us, Someone has already faced this mountain. And someone has already conquered this mountain. And so we want to go to them and, and, uh, and seek counsel. Many times they're, they're willing to help. However, before you go to someone for advice, we need to make sure that that person truly has experienced what we're facing. They have really been there. Find someone that's faced the same kind of challenge that you have faced and make sure they have faced that successfully. And then ask them, how did you do that? And help me. And many people are certainly willing to, re, to help from their experience what, uh, what God has helped them to glean from that, both in their, uh, in their successes and in their failures. And so if you talk to someone who has successfully overcome a problem that you're facing now, uh, they may be able in a, in a much more efficient way to advise on how to deal with that. Another thing to consider when you're seeking advice is this. Make sure that the person you're going to has your best interest at heart. Now, I want to kind of slide out here on some thin ice for just a moment, and I'll be really grateful if you don't break the ice on me here. But when we go to people for advice, especially about certain things, and I'm not going to give a list of certain things, but when we go to we we kind of make ourselves a little bit vulnerable. You you've lowered your shield of defense and you've placed yourself in a vulnerable position to some degree, depending on the circumstances. And so we want to make sure that if I'm going to lower my shield of defense, I want to make sure the person I'm talking to has my best interest in mind. And they're not going to come back later and rob me with the keys that I freely gave them earlier. Amen. You want to make sure you can trust the person you tell where you hide your key. Amen. Can we just let that resonate a moment? Because if you tell the wrong person that, they're going to take advantage of your vulnerability. And they will use it against you. You're exactly right. They'll beat you to death with a very club that you freely gave them earlier because you thought you could trust them. So make sure that somebody has your best interest in mind and they want what's best for everybody and they want everybody to win. And so that's why you need to be sure a person has has your best interest at heart because if somebody is advising you with a hidden agenda, 
If somebody is advising you with a self-serving spirit, you may find yourself in terrible, terrible trouble later on. And the worst part of that whole scenario is you gave them the keys. I gave them the keys to do this. And so we need to be very careful about where you get advice from. When it comes to seeking advice, you want to be very careful. And, 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 and obviously we've all been, uh, we've all made mistakes and we'll probably make them again. But we just have to be very, very careful. Here, I'm going to go to the New Testament if I can for the, for just a moment. Hebrews 4 and 14. <clears throat> the Bible says this. Seeing then that we have a, High, a great high priest that is passed unto the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Verse 15, the Bible says, We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are yet without sin. And now, in verse number 16, he said, Let us therefore, and you know that the word therefore is referring to what has just been stated, because he's not a high priest that can't be touched with with the feeling of our infirmities. And because... He was in all points tempted like as we are. And because he did that without sin, now he says because of all of these qualifi- all of these qualifications, we can come with boldness to the throne of grace, knowing that, going back to my illustration a moment ago, he has our best interests in mind. He wants us to win. He wants us to win. And so... Um, Simon Peter said this in 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'm, I'm right in that vein now of somebody that has my best interest in mind. I can go to the Lord and talk to him about anything, anything. And we understand there's an all-seeing eye of God and there is nothing hidden to him. Not just our actions, but God also sees our thoughts and intents. And so there's something that's safe in the, in the fact that I can say to the Lord, this is what I'm facing, this is what I'm feeling, and this is, this is, this is what I, what's going on in my life. And I know that He won't use that against me tomorrow. But He will love me the same. And I, I am not uh, insinuating that Jesus Christ, of course, is the only person that can do that because there are good godly men and women who knew who know how to hold us up in the midst of our storm amen these passages show us that that we do have a savior that have, that has experienced the things that we have faced furthermore when, when peter says that we we can cast our cares on him because he cares for you he, he's not a God that's out of touch with His creation, but He loves us. And I'm thankful for that. And that's part of the beauty of God's redemptive plan. That He robed Himself in flesh, came to earth, walked among men, and was tempted in all points like as we are. And so He understands what we feel. And when I don't even understand, when I can't even make sense of it, I know that He understands exactly what's going on. I, I think about the Scripture many times. That where the scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
The Lord knows me, and He knows you. He knows what uh, he, uh, he knows what makes us tick. <laughs> he knows what's going on in our mind. He knows what's going on in our emotions, our heart, and our spirit. And He understands. That doesn't give us a license to kill. That doesn't give us a license to sin. That doesn't give me a license to uh, to to act any old way. But because I know the Lord loves me, for me, I can go to Him with a clear conscience. And I can go to Him knowing that it's safe to go to Him. I know that my wife loves me. And I have great confidence in that. And I have confidence in the fact that I can talk to her about anything in my life. Anything that I'm feeling. Anything that I'm facing. And no matter how vulnerable that may make me, I trust her. And I know that she would never use that against me. And that's a wonderful feeling. That's a wonderful feeling to know that no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, you can trust somebody that would help you through your times and seasons of weaknesses. Amen. Romans 15 and 1 said that the strong ought to bear the infirmity of the weak. And sometimes, I don't care who you are, sometimes you're weak. Amen. David was a mighty man of war, a mighty man in battle. But if you, you, and we can read about many, many of his successes, but if you just keep reading about David, you're going to find him one day in battle, and he was faint and weary, and he would have died had it not been for the fact that somebody that loved him intercepted that situation. Amen. Uh, in David's life, there was, there was this, this proclamation made that he was anointed even though he was weak. And so just because you're weak doesn't mean the anointing of God has lifted from your life. It doesn't mean that you're a sinner. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes life can just take a toll on you. And so I'm thankful that we have someone we can rely on. And I'm thankful that I serve a God that understands. And I'm thankful that I can find counsel in His Word and hope in His Word. And so that brings us then to two very, very important questions. And that is this. If we are going to God for advice, are we going to take His advice? Because there are some people that come for advice, but they're not going to take the advice. Who was the man in the Bible that because they uh, somebody didn't uh, heed his counsel that he went out and hung himself? He was the uh, spoke as an orator of the Lord. Um, it's not relevant, but it's there. I promise it's in the Scripture. Yes, Ahithophel, yes. And and because somebody didn't take his counsel, he went out and hung himself. That seems pretty ex- extreme, doesn't it? I've heard Brother Joe Osborne preach about that, and, and so he, he was talking about at the times kind of being funny, but he was talking about, he said, if I, went, if I hung myself every time somebody asked for advice and didn't take my advice, <laughs> just leave the rope in the tree. Furthermore, he said, if you're a parent, when you have a child born, when you have a, when you start having children, you need to start planting trees. Because you're going to need a limb to hang yourself. <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of advice given that's not going to be taken. So That seems like an extreme measure. Of course, there was a reason for that. But So if, if we're asking for advice, we need to be willing to, to take that advice. And then uh, the second question we need to ask ourselves is, is this. Are we willing to measure all the advice we get against the Word of God? Because you see, this is the standard that won't move. And so when we get advice, we need to hold it up against something to make sure 
that it's not violating this because this is the exact. Amen. You know, um, Brother Corin. Most of you know Brother Corin is a is a machinist, and uh, as a machinist, you work with with precision. And, and with exactness, because, you know, some guys that are just shade tree welding, they're just trying to stick two pieces of metal together. But men that spend their life in fabrication and things of that nature, um, uh, you know, are working with precision instruments. And so uh, a few weeks ago, I'd been over Brother Corr and visited. Him and we've been doing a couple little projects together to spend some time together. And, and he has a little two-foot, he has a little two-foot level <clears throat> just looks like any standard level that we have all seen, and uh, and so we were at the end of the, at the end of one day we were sitting down there talking and and uh, he he started talking about precision instruments and he said said see that level right there he said hand that thing to me and so we he looked on there and he he rubbed the dust off of the name brand of that level and and he said every time you pick up this level I almost my heart almost stops beating. I said, well, why? And he said, well, when you get home, he said, you, you've got a computer. He said, you look up this level online and see what they sell for. And so I got home that afternoon. I looked up that level, and that level sold for $264. Now, I've got a good black and decker level. That's my precision instrument. And so he began to talk to me about, and oh my, the, the sermon illustrations that were there and, and, and the exactness and the precision. You can't just go anywhere and buy any tool if you want it to be right. And, uh, and so we need to make sure that the Word of God, that is what we hold up against. He turned to a little, uh, Brother Corrin turned to a little... Uh, tool cabinet and he opened a drawer and he pulled out a, a little plastic box and in that box there was there wasn't just squares but there were some squares and then there were blocks in that set of squares that you held that block to that square every time to make sure that nobody had bent tweaked or twisted that because we're working with exactness here and so when we get advice we don't need to just take that and put it in our in our pocket and walk away, we better hold it against the Word of God and say, does this measure up to this? Is this all right? Yes. Amen. And so that brings me to a second point. One of the main reasons that we hesitate to ask for advice is that we're afraid that we're going to hear what we don't want to hear. Afraid somebody's going to say what we don't want to hear because sometimes, not always, but sometimes in our heart of hearts, we kind of know what to do. And then we're a little hesitant to ask because... Uh, somebody may tell us, and then we're going to feel obligated, of course, to act on that. I'm going to once again consider the words of Solomon, but not from Proverbs. I'm going to Ecclesiastes, which is a, at a completely different time in, in Solomon's life. Ecclesiastes 4 and 13, the Bible says, Better is a poor and wise child, better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. Better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who is beyond the ability of being admonished. Now just, again, let some of this marinate in our heart because I don't ever want to get to the place that I am beyond being admonished. 
I've got it all figured out. No one's going to tell me what to do because when you get to the top of the heap, that's the most dangerous place in the world to be. I don't ever want to be in a place where there's people, not people around me to help me, to mold me, and to, to be able, as I say often from this desk, to speak into my life. Because I don't want to be beyond, be beyond the place of being admonished. And so some of the biggest mistakes people have ever made in life are the ones that, that they made without seeking any counsel, without seeking any advice, just kind of dive off the deep end. And some, sometimes great, some of the greatest challenges that we face can be traced back to either refusing to seek advice from the, in the very beginning or either getting advice and not taking it. Um, I, I've shared this before. And there's some that's heard it, but I'm sure some that's not. So bear with me for just a moment. But one time I, I had to have a, a medical procedure done and I had, had uh, been in an accident, hit my head pretty hard and, and I was just having some fainting issues. I would just be standing here and just fall over. And I didn't know anything about it until it was, it was already on the floor. And so the, the doctor said we need to have a brain scan, run, run a brain scan. And so something about that, I was really young, I guess maybe about 20 or 21. That really offended me somehow. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you look back on it now, even tell me, I kind of wish I hadn't brought it up. But uh <clears throat> I'm already into it now, but uh, and so I said, "There ain't nothing wrong with my brain, you know." Because you know, 20, 21, you know all things. And so uh, he said, "I'm going to order this, and you you need to make this appointment and go." And and then the next time I was to go to him, uh, then we were going to go over the results of that. So I I didn't go to that appointment, but I did in a few more weeks went to back to the same doctor. And so one of the first things he said was, you know, what are the results of your brain scan? I said, well, I didn't go. And in that instant, he just slid his chair away from me and looked at my wife and then just for, it just ignored that I was in the room. And he said to my wife, you tell him that if I'm going to be his doctor, he's going to do what I say or I'm not going to be his doctor. I felt more foolish about that incident than I would have the brain scan. So I was thinking at that time, it had been a whole lot easier just to get the brain scan. And so we can't go to someone for help and then them offer help and we say, I'm not doing that. Some people live by the idea that, that what you don't know won't hurt you, but that's foolish. Because knowledge is power. And so nothing could be further from the truth. The Bible says in Proverbs twelve fifteen, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. This is our, our text here. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Be receptive to advice and willing to hear sometimes what you don't want to hear. I, I, more than one time, but I remember one, one instance in particular where I went to my good friend, Brother Williams, and I... And I, I poured my heart out to him, and he said, "He said, well, I, I've got an answer, but you're not going to hear this.'" And boy, was he ever more right! I didn't want to hear that. I did not want to hear what he had to say. But you know what? He was right then, and he's right tonight. And it was hard to digest, hard to process. It was hard to accept, but I had to fold it up, get it somehow into the fabric of my life. 
because it was advice that I needed. So we had to be receptive and willing to hear even if we don't want to hear it. And so when we seek advice, we, we've got to be completely open to that, uh, to receive that, to do something about it. We have to be willing to hear sometimes what goes against the grain. And so it's a whole lot easier to do that when you realize that somebody's trying to help us. They want you to grow. They want you to make it. They want you to survive. And so uh, there's something that, that I need to underline right here. If or when the advice that we get straight from the Word of God, when it comes from this book, if we fail to be receptive to what is in this book, there is no way around negative consequences. There's no way around it. Now, please hear me. If I could get on the rooftop tonight and shout this, I would. If I thought it would make any difference. Every situation is not an Ananias and Sapphira situation. Every situation where you violate the Word of God does not always end in instant death or instant judgment. And so sometimes we just do what we want to do even though we know it's against this. And because our world doesn't collapse right then, we feel like, I got by with that. There is no such thing. It may take years, but it will slow walk us down. Amen. Hebrews 3 and 7 the Bible says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, listen to this now, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. There's a reference now to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, this is what God said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. These people that the Lord is referring to are men and women that were there when the Red Sea parted and they walked across on dry ground. <laughs> They were there at the bitter water of Marah whenever the limb was placed in the water and the bitter water became sweet. They were there when Moses struck the rock and water came forth out of the rock. They were there when the manna was fresh on the ground every day and the Lord said, they have not known my ways. That's frightening, isn't it? So I swear in my wrath, this is God, they shall not enter into my rest. You will not ignore me and everything be okay. When the Lord starts saying, I swear, Amen, we need to stop and take a hold of that. I swear in my wrath, He said, they will not enter in to my rest. Take heed. Verse number 12, brethren, lest there be any in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. 
and pardon me for not having this scripture and for not being able to quote it in its entirety. But there is a passage of scripture that says that because judgment is not readily or speedily executed, because judgment doesn't just come right away when somebody errs in God's word, it says it gets bound up, foolishness gets bound up in the heart of that person because they feel like I'm doing this and getting by. Everything is all right. But the Lord said, you didn't even know me and you will not enter into my rest. And so he's telling us that we've got to listen to his instruction and we've got to take his advice. And, and it, it was a warning, a warning that was sounded. Don't harden your heart against him like Israel did. And they rebelled in the wilderness and because of that, an entire generation was just walked to death. You read it ever how you want to read it. But the tombstones grew year by year by year until they were all gone. And then the Lord said, I'll take this generation and I'll make of them my people. Amen. Because of that, God said, their hearts do always turn because they refuse to do. And the end of their rebellion or the end result of their rebellion was that they will not enter into the place of my rest. And so that strikes us a chord of concern, certainly in my life. And so i got to make sure that on my own heart, I'm not turning away from the Word of God, what His Word teaches me and tells me. So, Because there's no peace for people that will not take the instruction of the Word of God. Amen. I'm not bemoaning anything here, but I am speaking factually and from my heart. But I have, I have watched the Word of God anointed Word of God preached from this pulpit and people just get up and walk out as though it never happened. And it is a fearful thing. A fearful thing. Because you see, church is not entertainment. This is not where we come in and just we hope everything goes our way. But there is a thus saith the Lord that's going forth here tonight. Amen. You know what was going on Sunday morning? There was a thus saith the Lord that was going on Sunday morning. And so when we come to church... We are either being drawn closer to Him or pushed further from Him. And it all is dependent upon our response to what God is trying to do in that particular moment in our life. Amen. And so if our musicians will come, finally when it comes to getting advice, we have to understand that there's not one human being, as I mentioned earlier, that we could possibly go to that has every answer for everything we're going to face in life. Furthermore, taking advice isn't, isn't about letting other people make your decision. Not at all. Taking advice is a process of getting some objective views so that I can make the right decision. Now, there there have been decisions in my life I really wish that somebody else could have made for me. You just kind of knew what to do. It was just so hard to pull the trigger. And so you just really wish there was some mystical way somebody else could make that decision. But that's not how life works. But seeking counsel and seeking advice gives us another prism to look through. It gives us another lens to look down. It gives us a, a little, helps us to have a little bit more objective view to the problem. That helps me then make the right decision. Ultimately, as, as I said a moment ago, I am the one, you are the one that has to make the decision. And furthermore, we are the one that has to live with the consequences of those decisions. And so you better make sure you have an objective view of your situation. You know, when you, when you stand in front uh, at an altar of matrimony, it doesn't take but about 20 or 30 minutes to commit yourself for life. It will take a lifetime to live out the commitments that you made with just a few words. 
I do. I will. Amen. And so I'm going to have to live with the consequences of that, whether that's plus or minus. And so I want to make sure that I've, I've got an objective view. I want to make sure that I know what I'm getting into. Proverbs 15.22 gives us some insight to that. The Bible says, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. You, you don't go to one person, as I mentioned, for advice. And so we may try to get several godly people in our lives that we can trust. That, that will have our best interest in mind. Give us some insight. Help me see this a little bit differently. How many know it's hard sometimes in the, in our own blinding storms to see clearly and to think clearly? And somebody needs to be surrounding us that can keep a cool head. Amen. That knows. I, 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 I this is quite personal, but a few years ago when my, my nephew was killed, um, Within just a, it seemed just a few hours of, of the announcement of his death in an automobile accident, I was standing in the funeral home, my wife and I, with my brother and sister-in-law. They were, they were just, uh, pardon the expression, but they were just punch drunk from, from just the, the mere thought of, of a moment ago everything is alright, now we're in a funeral home. And I remember my brother looking at me and he said, don't let me do anything crazy. He said, you know what I would want. Don't let me do something foolish. I, I, I'm sorry, this is quite personal, but but you understand at that moment, somebody is saying, I can't see for the storm. Don't let me do something foolish here. We need people at that moment in our life that has our best interest in mind. We make ourselves completely vulnerable. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand together. Oh, I feel the Spirit of the Lord. I really feel the Spirit of the Lord. There's something powerful about seeking counsel from godly people. Because you see, that same Holy Spirit that's in us is in them. It's just that our lives have been jarred off center. Circumstances, situations. But if they're in tune with the Lord, they're not going to mislead us. They're going to help us. They may have a different perspective on it. They, and because of that, their circumstances, because of their personality, they help us to see things differently. And even though we're all different, we all have idiosyncrasies that make us who we are. There is this common thread that runs through us all. And of course, that has got to be, as I mentioned a moment ago, tempered with the Word of God. And so when the issue is sensitive or when the issue involves confidence of other people, we need to make very, very sure that we're making the right decision about who we're going to discuss this with. Be careful that you can... Speak to people that actually will be objective about the situation. You need to make sure you're talking to somebody that knows how to keep it. And not share it. And also keep it. And not let that jade how they view you later. Amen. You know, God has been so kind, so kind to me. 
in my family and has allowed us for the last 25 and a half years or so to stand and pastor the same church. I'm very honored to do that. And I'm glad that we didn't just stay 25 years at any church. I'm glad it's been here. But it would be impossible to, to occupy a pulpit for over 25 years and not pretty much know a lot of things. But if we sat here on this platform with a clipboard and as everybody walked in and said, well, here's something about that person, here's something about that person, here's something about that person. We, there is no way we could effectively do what God has called us to do. You know, we get all shame-faced sometimes when we go to the doctor. And I'm, I'm really sliding out here. I'm not just really, I'm truly, I'm not trying to see how long I can preach tonight. Just stay with me. <laughs> you know, we get all embarrassed. And I understand when they hand us that gown, they put this on, we just almost die, right? Because it's a big deal to us. It's not a big deal to them. It's just another day. Right? Just another day. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have went there. <laughs> I, I think I've got a counseling session lined up after church now on my own self. I need to make sure somebody's not going to view me differently. I need to be able to trust that they can just see me for who and what I am. I'm a person that's trying my dead level best to make heaven my home. Amen. God help us today. Can we slip our hands up and just love the Lord? I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your help tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.